Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 12 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and my brother Dave. Dave, what's new? Well, Matt, you're throwing me off, man. <laughs> I was not prepared for the what's new question. I was prepared for you to ask me how I was doing, uh, which is fine. Thanks for not asking. Uh, no, no, no. Not a whole lot's new, man. Dave, at this point, I just sort of figure you're doing great. I Well, okay. That's generally pretty fair. I'm usually doing pretty well. But yeah, not a whole lot's new. You know, I think we talked about this, actually, at some point in the past. That there's not there's not like a ton of new stuff in my life on like a regular basis. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, uh, I hope we have at least five new things because Shining in the Heavens, Dave, there are five stars. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. I mean, and I we've have... got to fill them all up. No, I mean, there are things happening in my life, just not like, you know. Well, okay, here, do you do the intro for the stars, and then I can tell you about the things in my life. Okay, so now that we've uh, formalized our conversation, um, <laughs> Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Uh, first star, Matt, is Thanksgiving. We just celebrated it. And it was great. It was great. I uh, I do I do I really like Thanksgiving. I really I do I really enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, it was a it was a nice Thanksgiving. We had some guests over, some friends of ours, and uh, the food was good, and they brought good food, and that was really fun. However, there was there was something that weird that happened on Thanksgiving, Matt, as you know, because yeah, you were I'm- there. Yeah, I know you said that we had some guests over. We also had some surprise guests. Some surprise guests. I like how I set that up as though I was about to tell you the story. It's entirely conceit that is just there for <laughs> for the listeners. So, uh, you, of course, were over at my place for Thanksgiving, and then we were hanging out, and then when we went to leave, like, for me to take you back to your place, I looked down at the bottom of the driveway, and there at the bottom of the driveway is just a car i don't you know we don't know the people that are in it it's just a teenager and like two friends standing outside the car and i didn't see it at the time but the car was i mean i'm not a car guy but the axle i think was just completely broken like the car looked like it was pigeon toed you know what i mean the car uh the wheels were both pointed inside and so these kids like you know they're teenagers um so they don't know how to do anything and so they're like trying, they're like calling friends, uh, trying to call a tow truck. And like the kid's mom has AAA, but he doesn't have the card because he like he doesn't know the information and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, just kind of hapless in that very like sort of teenage way where like you've just never had to yeah, do Yeah, you've this. just never had to deal with a situation like that in the past. Yeah, so and you're so just they're sort of just guessing based on what you've seen on TV. Comple- yeah, completely clueless. And so, like, I go in, I find, like, I have my wife Beth look up a tow truck. I go outside, I give the guys the number, they call, they can't figure out how to talk to the person. So I call the person, and, like, we get all the information sorted out. A tow truck finally comes, but it's, like, going to be a while. So we actually, we just invited him inside. It turns out, I don't know if you noticed this when, or you caught this when we were, like, sort of in the moment, but one of the kids is actually a student at the high school at which I teach. And he's not, um, like, he's not one of my students, but I do help out, like, once a day in, like, a credit recovery lab, and he's one of the students in there. So he actually knew me. Although I didn't know him. Um, and so, like, we just had these kids <laughs> hanging out, like, around the table. Like, we came just in. bring him in, give him a slice of pie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the kid, dude, the one kid was really funny. They were all kind of funny, though. Uh, but the one kid was particularly funny. The kid who had, who had wrecked the car. Because, dude, I don't, this car was a 2014. It was, like, a brand new car. And yeah, it was a just, brand new car, and it was his mom's car that I it, think yeah. he had just sort of 
taken? I yeah, dude. I don't know if he just took it or if he like borrowed it and or whatever. But he had the car, and it is a new car. And from what it sounded like, is that he like hit the curb and busted the axle. And I was like, dude, that you might be in trouble. And he's like, man, I don't even want to go home. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. I guess he had like scoliosis, like mild scoliosis or something. And he was just like, dude, he's like, my mom's going to hit me so hard. She's going to beat the scoliosis out of me. <laughs> and uh, he also said something to the effect that like his his mother had not laid hands on him in like four years, but she was going to summon all of that strength as though she had been like saving it up. Uh, he may have said that she would go Super Saiyan. Something like that. I don't exactly remember. But, yeah, but that was Thanksgiving. Uh, they did eventually. The tow truck came, and we kind of got him out, and then I took you home. And then actually stayed up till like, 4.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah? What were we doing? Well, uh, I Or is this going to lead into a new star? This actually leads kind of into a new star. I was up till 4.30 in the morning, partly because my wife was doing some, like, internet shopping, and she just got excited, and so she was, like, hanging out. Uh, but... The other part of what I was doing was playing Dragon Age on my new Xbox One that I just bought. Ooh, very fancy. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited. It's uh, I like the system so far. I know that there was a lot of like back and forth between the Xbox One and the PS4, and uh, I've had an Xbox 360 for years, and I've liked it quite a bit. Then I went to this, but I was really torn. You know, I didn't want to be like. Uh, tied to one system just because like that's what I had had and so I when I went to the store I'd been kind of looking around and I asked some friends what they thought and they were like eh, it doesn't seem to be that big of a difference and then when I went to the store the guy the clerk he was like you know what he's like what I've been telling people is just stick with what you already have like if you already have a 360 just get the one like the difference is like so minimal that it doesn't matter but yeah so yeah, I have an I mean, Xbox unless one. you're really committed to one of the like uh game exclusives from one system or another yeah like really deeply committed which i'm not i mean honestly i can't be i have more than enough video games to play to occupy what little free time i kind of have so you know the fact that i can't play whatever game is a bummer but ultimately like i'm not i'm not too stressed out about it but i am really enjoying i am really enjoying dragon age i like the whole series you know, obviously it's had its ups and downs, but it's I'm having a blast, man. It's it's really, really fun. The crafting system. Crafting is kind of clunky. Not a great crafting system. Yeah, crafting systems are almost universally terrible. I mean, like, I in games where it is, like, a main thrust of the game, it seems to work pretty well. So, like, in Elder Scrolls. Like, in the Elder Scrolls games, I want to make a potion. I can figure out how to do it. Totally cool. I want to enchant something. I can make it work. Totally cool. In a lot of other games, it seems like it's so slapped on that, like, I don't know why they did it. Because I never play a game that doesn't have crafting and think, like, oh, you know what would have really made that game better is if, like, a really complicated system of, like, putting gems into slots to slightly change stats that I don't understand. Like, that's what would have really put this game over the top. <laughs> right. Cool. I've also been playing a bunch of new games because uh, I did not buy an Xbox One, but I did buy an Xbox 360. Which I've been putting off for like a decade or however long <laughs> that system's been say, out. It's been it's been a while. I was in college when that came out, and uh, that was a while ago. Yeah. So yeah, but I figured that now there's like ten years worth of games that I haven't played that I can finally get around to. Uh, so I'm playing Mirror's Edge again, which is from like 2008, but still really good. Um, playing WWE 2K14 because I didn't feel like dropping the money for 2K15. Um, but right that's on. all sort of old news, so let's just move on to our third star. Dave, the third star this week is another podcast, actually. Um, it is the worst idea of all time. Have I told you about this at all? Uh, I think vaguely, like a little bit. Okay, here's the deal. You know how every week we watch an episode of Die Ranger, and we share our thoughts with you, the listener, right? Right, Yeah. They do a similar thing, except they watch a movie every week. Oh, it's the same. It's the same movie every week. <laughs> Wait, and that just, movie okay. is Grown Ups Two. So they just watch Grown Ups Two once a week. Yeah, it is this. It is these like two um, comedians from New Zealand, and they watch Grown Ups Two every week, 
and they like talk about it into a podcast for like half an hour and it is just listening to them slowly descend into like depression <laughs> and madness is like they try to like find new ways to survive the experience what wow and just like talking about like oh this week i noticed that like an extra in this scene like made a funny face and that made it like slightly tolerable it's it's amazing. Like I don't know if I'm selling it right, but these guys are very funny. Um, you should check it out. I yeah, man, that definitely sounds. <laughs> I have I listen I listened to forty episodes of that show this week. So to oh, so it's like, like it's close to I had, done. I mean, they have they're forty episodes oh yeah, in. They're forty in. I had a dream the other day that I was watching Grown Ups too. But I have never seen Grown Ups 2. And so in my dream, the movie I was watching was just like what I had imagined. It was from listening to these guys talk about like all the weird moments in the movie. So is this uh, is this like a year-long commitment on their part that they are like they're going to do it yes, 52 times and then they're commitment. done? Okay. Initially, it was sort of like a, just sort of like an open thing. They were going to do it for just sort of however long. didn't want to. And then they realized... About 10 episodes in, they're like, yeah, there's nothing special about listening to Grown Ups 2 10 times. But listening to it every week for a year, like, that's at least a thing. <laughs> right. You've done it. You've done a thing. No, that's... And then you can't quit. Because then not only are you the guy who watched right. Grown Ups no, 2 every week. Right. No, you have week, to do the whole You're the guy thing. who failed to watch Grown Ups 2 every week. you got to do the whole thing. You can't skip any episodes. So it's a beautiful thing. They've also never seen Grown Ups 1. <laughs> Is there... Or I guess just Grown Ups... Is there like a lot of continuity? Like, is there like a I don't know, but there are a few things that they've noticed that just like don't make any sense. Like Steve Buscemi is injured in it, and I guess he got injured in the first one, but like they don't actually address what the- happened to him. Okay, and so every just... week they try to figure it out in a segment called the Steve Buscemi Mystery Tour, where they try to figure out the mystery of what happened to him. I it just it just didn't seem like there would be like a real deep mythos of grownups. You know what I mean? There's not, but like in the second movie, apparently they never refer to Chris Rock by his character's name, like ever. Oh, oh! Did they just call him like Pale or something? Like they watched the whole movie and they're like, I don't know what this guy's name is, and they watched it like ten times and they had to look it up on IMDb to figure out what he was called. Because <laughs> apparently it just never comes up, and the people who made the movie just didn't notice. I guess they figured, sort of reasonably, that if you were going to watch Grown Ups 2, you have seen <laughs> that Grown Ups. you've seen. Okay. <laughs> Grown Ups Alpha. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, Actually, man. the worst idea of all time. They're like 20-minute episodes. They're loads of fun. No, that... <laughs> Actually, Matt, speaking of uh, shows or media, I guess, with deep mythos... Oh, yeah. What is our fourth star of the week? I was going to say, I think that leads into our fourth star. Why don't you take this one, actually, man? I feel like this is much more yours than mine. Okay. So, um, as you, the listeners, may know, um, Power Rangers Super Mega Force ended this week, or last week, right? Um, and Super Mega Force, for those of you who haven't been watching it, um, I've only sort of watched a few episodes here and there. It's like the anniversary show, right? So they're spending the whole season sort of like bringing back old people and sort of like honoring like the 20 year history of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger franchise. Okay. But in this last episode, a bunch of old Rangers came back to help with like the final battle. And one of them, and this is beautiful, was Dr. Tommy Oliver, professor of paleontology. Yeah. Otherwise known that as is the what's Green up. Ranger and also as the White Ranger. And also as the Red Zeo Ranger, and also as, I don't know, I think he was also briefly one of the Turbo Rangers. I know he came back as like a Black Dino Ranger later on. Um, yeah, dude, Tommy has been all throughout that show. Like, he just comes back every couple of years. He's like the one dude who just decided that like being a Power Ranger was going to be his life's work. Being a Power Ranger and being like a low-level MMA fighter. I guess. Oh yeah, he's got his own. He's got his own gym, right? Yeah, Jesus didn't tap. Yeah, I did not know that he was a uh, that religion was like a thing for him. Uh, 
Uh, neither did I. Um, all Really, all I know about it is that that's the name of his uh, MMA gym. And it's also like a huge tattoo on one of his arms. So whenever he shows up in Power Rangers, now he's always wearing long sleeve shirts. Because he just has like full <laughs> MMA tattoo sleeves. Nice. <laughs> Uh yeah man so Tommy's there I felt like because I actually went and I I watched it when you told me about it like I went and I saw the part of the episode where like Tommy shows up and it's like all the old Rangers are there and uh, like everyone's taking off their helmets and I feel like I like I just don't watch enough Rangers like I don't watch enough American Power Rangers because they were clearly like big reveal moments and I was like I got no idea who that guy is. Except Tommy. Yeah, like you weren't excited to see like the guy from Lightspeed Rescue. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even know it's called Lightspeed Rescue. But yeah, I did not know that guy. But I didn't know Tommy, and that was. Awesome. I've only seen the guy from Lightspeed Rescue in another anniversary show, which was. Um, we probably don't have the time to get into talk about it, but uh, the, there's an episode called Forever Red. Oh yeah, I watched that. Which was, was like great. the 10th anniversary. Yeah, it was all the Red Rangers to that point, except yeah, for Rocky. Austin. Austin St. John shows up. It was awesome. Yep. It was rad, and so the the light speed rescue guy was in there. But I think that's actually the only other time I've ever seen him. <laughs> Just yeah, okay. Uh, I don't even know if he was in this episode. I think there was whatever. It doesn't matter. Man, it was yeah, exciting no, to know. see Tommy, but and that's was, really all was, I cared about. And I'm glad. Uh, you know, he really seems to. I know that a lot of people sort of get like I hear this about actors sometimes. Is that they'll be like, I wanted to be, you know an actor and then like i played this one role and i can never get away from it and like acting is terrible now and tommy's just like i just called him tommy jason david frank is just like nope tommy forever <laughs> like that's i am totally fine with that like he goes to cons like he's apparently super into it so oh, yeah he I goes to great. tons of cons yeah no i think it's totally awesome that he is just like that is what he does with his time and uh you know has a great time with it so that's totally cool um, and speaking of other things that are like con related, uh, Dave, what is our fifth star of the week? Oh, oh, it's a big one, Matt. It is a big, big one. one. It was a big eighty-eight second star. Yeah, big eighty-eight second star. Star Wars trailer. Star Wars trailer is where I'm going with this. It's the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars trailer. trailer came out. Star Wars trailer came out. Uh, unsurprisingly, we are both big fans of Star Wars. Huge fans of Star Like, okay, I like Star We like Star Wars enough that when The Phantom Menace came back in the theaters a few years ago in 3D, we paid American money to go see it. Yeah, I went, yeah, I paid to see Phantom Menace twice. Yeah, twice. Like 10 years even, apart. I didn't even like it the More than that. Time. No, I did. I mean, no, I, I just felt an obligation. Yeah, like I had to. I had to. This may be evidence um, of a problem on our part, Matt. But oh yeah, I, no, I'm dude, fully willing to I'm admit that like, the part of me that is able to discern quality and like make sound judgments as regards Star Wars things is just broken to De- hell. Yeah, no, it's deficient entirely. So, what did you think? What did you think of the trailer? It looked fun. Yeah, um, it looked I'm good. coming down firmly as a pro lightsaber crossguard. I am also pro lightsaber crossguard. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, because you know what? I have been seeing what? a lot of people come down and be like, no, lightsaber crossguard is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. You know who I bet wishes you would have had a lightsaber crossguard? Everyone who had their hand cut off. Count Dooku. So like all the characters in Star Wars? Yeah. Well, Count Dooku specifically. Like Luke gets his hand cut off. I don't think a, a crossguard would have saved him there because that was just like a relentless assault on the part of Vader. But Dooku loses his hands because Anakin, you know, like he, I don't know if you remember the moment, but like he does this like twisty move. I remember the twisty. Yeah. It's like this twisty move where he like loops his saber like down and around Dooku's saber and gets both his hands. And he would not have been able to do it if Dooku had a cross guard. So I'm pro cross guard. Cross guard for life. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you got to think of, okay, Sometimes they go a little far. Uh, you know, some guy had like a somebody had like a lightsaber whip at some point, and that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, but I mean, honestly, I like if you're if you're watching Star Wars and your concern is that the la- like the physical laser melee weapons aren't realistic enough, like you need to take a big step back and like yeah. reevaluate how you're approaching the franchise. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I don't have any like. I don't have like a canonical problem with it. I just didn't think it was like. It just seemed. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. But it is. Some dude had like a like a lightsaber spear thing. That was pretty cool. Um, I've seen various versions of lightsabers. I'm pro. I'm pro cross guard. Pro cross guard. Totally fine with that. Okay, so those are the five stars. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to watch episode 12 of Gosei Sentai Dire Ranger. It is titled Drunk on Tofu. It's a Kazu episode. I'm excited. Nice. Dave's excited. Uh, you're excited too, listener. I guess. I mean, I just decided that. <laughs> All right. If you want to take issue with that, you can uh, get into contact with us uh, at Super Sentai Bros on Twitter. But for now, I'm going to take <laughs> right. it as read that you are excited about this episode. All right. So we'll see you in a minute. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 12, Drunk on Tofu. Um, Dave, why don't you hit us with the recap and then we'll get into the episode. Yeah, sure. So this week's monster is a tofu slash alcohol themed monster. And if you recall, uh, Kazu is a very Kazu-centric episode who fights with a variant of like Drunken Fist Kung Fu, so they are natural enemies, and they fight. And the Die Rangers save some dude's tofu business. Like you do. That's I feel like that's something that happens in a lot of seasons. I remember one episode of Time Ranger, they save a uh, soba noodle uh, restaurant. Oh, nice. Um, which they did by learning how to make to- soba noodles like a complete master which they did in the course of like a week did they fight like a soba noodle based monster or they just learned how to make noodles no they fought a monster who was an arsonist and also a food critic time ranger oh, was weird <laughs> okay right on dude i super want to go i don't love seafood um yeah to my own like, I'm not happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to like seafood. Uh, I see other people eat it. I know it. how you feel. I I dislike seafood in the same way that I dislike ballet. Like, I know that if I was, like, properly cultured and had been exposed to the right versions of it, like, I would no, I would really fully appreciate something that is of a high quality and very well done and good for me. But I just don't. Yeah. it's. I, I know. I, like, I know it's my fault that I don't like seafood and i and it makes i do it makes me sad man because i see other people and they're eating seafood and like they're so happy about it and uh you know i watch i love anthony bourdain as you know of course you know that you got me tickets to go see his his like a live speaking tour one time and it was an awesome present um yeah that was a good night yeah it was super cool and like he talks about it and he's like oh yeah like you haven't lived until you've like eaten prawn heads and all of this stuff and I'm, ah, oh man, like, I want to like it. Like, I want to like it so badly. And I don't. Like, you look at sushi, and it just looks like jewels. Like, it looks like edible, it looks amazing. And I just don't want to eat it. It keeps, I, every but time I, I try fish. It, it tastes like fish. Yeah, every time I try fish, it tastes like fish. Oh, my only, uh, my only exception to that, weirdly, is, like, bivalves. Like, I'm totally down, like, oysters, clams, uh, mussels, those are all fine. And I have no idea why those are fine and everything else isn't. But I, I do really like those. Actually, you know, this may have something to do with where we live. Because we do live in Cleveland. And it's difficult, I think, to get like really, really excellent seafood here. Because we were down... Beth and I were. We were down in Austin. And um, Beth's brother and sister-in-law and my, you know, whatever. Uh, they were like, oh, let's go to this, like, our favorite sushi restaurant. Because, like, they super love this restaurant. And... Um, I don't want to say too much saved that like it is not a place that I would be able to afford to eat on my own and they were like we'd love to take you out we're like cool and I was like guys I just you know it's fine I don't really like sushi I'll find something else to eat like totally don't worry about it uh and they went and they were like sitting with like the guy who was like making the sushi and he's like well what don't you like and I was sort of talking about it and he's like well try this thing and I tried it it was delicious and so maybe I only like really expensive seafood is what I've discovered. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just like a quality thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't like it enough to like like low-grade versions of it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things like that where, you know, even if you don't like that category of thing, if you are given like a really nice version of it, yeah, you, then... You can dig it. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, how did we get here? Um, let me back. <laughs> um, we are five minutes into the episode review, and all we have done is talk about ballet and seafood. <laughs> right. Okay. So, okay. So the episode. Let's let's jump in here, man. The episode opens up, and we see a dude, and he is. Uh, he's on like a moped. Is it a moped or like a bike? It's some sort of. Like it is somewhere on the moped, uh, like a dirt bike spectrum. Yeah. So he's rolling around, and he's got like a little like brass horn that he is like blowing. I don't. And he's yelling. He's got tofu for sale. Like, hey, I have tofu. And I don't. Is this like a thing? Do you know? Yeah, apparently, it is a thing. Um, because I think I've seen it in other like media where that is just sort of like what they do. They drive around. They have this little brass horn. And they, it's sort of like having a, like a food stand, but oh, okay. it's on your bike and it's tofu. Yeah, I don't get it, man. Like, I've tried tofu and it doesn't, it doesn't taste like anything. Like, it's just, it's like eating. Yeah, a, which is sort of the joy of tofu. I'll go to a noodle stand and there'll be tofu in the noodles and they'll taste good because it'll taste like whatever the broth is. I don't know how it would be to just buy tofu off of like the back of a moped. But, you know, I, I really don't know. Maybe it's another one of those things like seafood where if it's really good, it's really good. Yeah. I don't I don't know, man. Uh, so anyways. Anyway, so that's what this guy is doing. And he uh, he can't sell any. Can't sell any tofu. It's, there's like a sort of like a soft cut and it cuts back to him in like his family's like tofu store. Tofuery. I guess the tofuery. I don't know what the word for that would be. But it's wherever his family is that makes the tofu that they sell. And he's like, oh, I couldn't sell any tofu. And like his daughter's there and his wife is like, oh, no, we'll be ruined or whatever. Um, <laughs> then you and at first crash. I'm thinking like, well, this isn't so bad. Like you had a day you had a day where you didn't sell any tofu, but you probably don't have a lot of overhead. You can last for a while. And then I was about to jump ahead of you, Matt, uh, but there's a crash. And we're like, what the heck is going on? And it cuts to the front, and people are, like, hurling rocks through this dude's window. Like, they are bricking his window, yelling about the quality of his tofu. Like, your tofu gave me a bad experience. It wasn't good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'm glad that Yelp is around now because it stops people from having to <laughs> resort to these sort of measures. It, seriously. They're like... Dude, this guy maybe this guy should not be in the tofu business. Like if your tofu is so offensive that people are throwing bricks through your window, like you maybe need to find a different line of work. Okay, but here's the weird thing is like in a minute we are going to see um Kazu eating this guy's tofu and he loves it. He gets it delivered to his workplace every day. Okay, well I mean we could just that's the next scene basically is we see Kazu he's at work and this little oh the little girl like the dude's daughter delivers him tofu and she calls him Onichan which I think means like like big brother or something like it's definitely like a term of like endearment slash affection so she clearly knows Kazu this is not just like the tofu delivery girl like they have some sort of relationship you know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe, you know, when she delivers the tofu, they like have lunch every day or something. Yeah, like, like they seem to be acquainted. Dude eats a lot and of fond tofu. of each other. Dude eats a lot of tofu, clearly. Um and he's going nuts, man. He like and he doesn't do much to it. He like he there's like a little onion on there, I think, and he like pours some soy sauce on it. And he's like, he's oh just... man, this is like the best tofu I've ever had. I love it every day. You guys do a great job. Yeah, and he's just it's tofu. Like I don't I don't get it. Like maybe maybe Kazu has really bad taste in tofu and everyone else is right. Maybe. But like he is, he's going crazy on this tofu. There is um have you ever heard of stinky tofu? No. It's uh okay. Well you know how there's like cheese like cheese that you would eat and then you take that cheese and you let it rot and some people think it's delicious well those people are right but go ahead yeah um see that's another thing stinky cheese like seafood like i recognize that people love it i just dude it just smells like rotting death i just can't get past it but anyway it smells terrible but tastes so good yeah you know i have tried to eat it and that is not true it's still it smells like rotting death and you put it in your mouth and then your whole mouth smells like rotting death and then you die 
is has been. Well, yeah, experience. I mean, eventually, death comes to all men, but <laughs> but um, but tofu that people do the same thing with tofu, like. You know, in Asia, they don't eat a lot of cheese. They do eat tofu, and they eat stinky tofu, and it is basically just, like, rotted slash, like, fermented tofu. All right. Well, maybe that's what this guy is selling, and only Kazu knows that that's what it's supposed to be. I don't know, man. No, because it's, like, black or something. Like, it's horrifying. Okay, it's not, like, black, but it is not, it's not, like, the sort of bland white color that you associate with tofu. And it is definitely, I'm looking it up just a little bit and it says from a distance the odor of stinky tofu is said to resemble that of rotten garbage or manure some people oh, good have, yeah well hey listen man uh some people have compared it to the taste of blue cheese so uh and then they say it is said the more it smells the better its flavor that's what wikipedia says so it actually sounds a lot like french cheese like people say hey, maybe it's delicious maybe it's maybe it's delicious man uh, but anyway, so Kazu is super into this tofu. Like, he's getting nuts on it. And then he's, like, sitting at work, and they're eating it. And then he hears these horns outside. And he and the little girl, like, jump up to go outside. And there is, like, a like a white-faced clown sort of guy. And he's, like, juggling sake bottles. Yeah, he's leading. dressed sort of like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that's that's a really good. Yes, he's actually he's even got the mustache. He's dressed exactly like Charlie Chaplin. So the the Charlie Chaplin clown is walking down the street and, and he's blowing his horn, is juggling, and there I is think like oh a sorry mob behind him of drunken guys, like comically drunken guys, stumbling down the street, talking about how they want to quit their jobs and how nothing good has ever come from working, and all they want to do is drink and drink and be happy. I think he's actually juggling uh, sake bottles, Matt. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. And so, yeah, and, and among those dudes is the dad, is the tofu seller dad. And he's also drunk, and the girl's like, Dad, how are you drunk? This is crazy. Um, oh, sorry, but before that happens, before that happens, there is a car that is coming at the at the crowd of dudes, and the Charlie Chaplin clown just, like, Sparta kicks the car away. Like, it's coming in on him, and he's like, nope, and just kicks it, and it sends the car, like, rolling backwards, and then he starts to walk away, and, like, the other dudes just fall down. Kazu sees this, and in, I think, in, I think, the smartest moment that we've seen from one of the Die Rangers so at, at all, he's just like, that dude just Sparta kicked a car out of the way, those guys are all drunk, he's in a weird costume, clearly a Goma, and just attacks him. Like, doesn't wait for him to do anything weird just like flying kicks him out of nowhere it was a great move okay that is either smart or very weird because so far as you said this is what we've seen we see a clown walking down the street with a bunch of drunk dudes we see a car barreling down the street about to kill all of those drunk dudes we see the clown save the lives of like 20 dudes by moving this car out of the way and kazu's response is to attack well, it is, but... Like, that is a genuinely good thing that that guy did. Well, yeah, but clearly, like, nobody should be that strong. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not another Die Ranger, and so there's no way that he should be that strong, so he's clearly a Goma. I thought it was a good... I was happy to see just one of the Rangers be, like, be a little proactive for once. Oh, I'm glad he took the initiative. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> As opposed to, so he attacks this dude, and then the guy turns into like a, he's like a tofu monster, is his thing. Um, his head is like a giant cube of tofu, and he's got like brass horns sticking out of his head. And so it's, I think the brass horn thing has got to be a thing. Like, oh, you know yeah. what? Let me just, I'm going to take two seconds. Uh, okay, while you do that, I am going to real quick hop in and say that another part of this monster's design is that he has one giant eyeball in the middle of his head, uh-huh. which I think makes for like four weeks in a row where the monster has one giant eyeball in the middle of his head. Oh, oh okay. So, Matt, uh, the, the brass horn, that is like a thing that is specifically associated with tofu sellers. There's actually a little okay. video on YouTube that just says Japanese tofu seller horn like sound effect. So that's why. That's why he has like horns sticking out of his head because it's like a tofu thing. What I don't get is the connection between like tofu and getting drunk. 
because he is really he's like a tofu sake monster. You know, honestly, I think it has the same amount of connection as the lipstick songstress had between like lipstick and singing. It's yeah, just two, it's just, just two things, two great tastes you know, together. It's like they threw two darts at the concept dartboard, and like, okay, well, he's got drunkenness, and he's made out of tofu. Cool, let's move. Boom, let's do it. Uh, and so we see uh, Kazu like he gets thrown. He actually aura changes like mid fall. Uh, which is pretty neat. I don't think we've ever seen anybody do that before. And then fight, fight, fight for like a second. And then they both uh, recognize that the other one is using some variant on drunken boxing. Yeah, they're real excited about it. They're like, we're going to fight as like rivals. Um, and I love that. Anytime one dude is like, you're from that school of Kung Fu. I'm from this school. We're fighting. I love it. Every time. Doesn't matter. I'm a big digger. That's because it's amazing every time. It is. It's amazing every time. You remember there was actually a uh, there was a hindrance in the Deadlands RPG where you like had to do that. You remember was that? that my, uh, my kung fu was stronger. My kung fu was superior, is what it was called. Superior. That's and what it was. It was. Uh, it was a hindrance, which is like a negative trait that your character could take. For those of you who never played Deadlands, and uh, if you were like a kung fu fighter, like any time, any time you met another kung fu fighter. Like, you had to fight them. Yeah, you had no choice. You just had to prove which one of you was superior. Yeah. It was it was great. It that was, was a great game. It was. Dude, I love that game. Love that okay. game. Okay. Uh, so, the uh, Tofu Hermit is what he's called. So, the Tofu Hermit, like, punches Kazu or knocks him over. And then, as is normal in the first parts of these episodes, he teleports away and says, I'll fight you again later. Yeah. So, scene cut. We see Kazu has gotten, like, dad home, and he's still drunk, and they're like, what's going on? This is just, like, the wife is like, this is disgraceful, you're drunk at, like, you know, 12 o'clock on a Thursday, what's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, no, it wasn't my fault, and he sort of flashes back, and he sees, you see him, and he's, like, surrounded by other tofu sellers, all, like, blowing horns at him, and then he's drunk kind of out of nowhere. And now, so, by the way, I just want to point something out that's beautiful, is every time they criticize someone for being drunk, they never say, like, oh, the problem is that you were drunk. Every time, and it'll happen at least one or two more times, they say, it's because you were drunk in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> How could you? Like, they have no problem with this guy drinking. Just don't do any day drinking. Like, get yourself together, man. Like, get to the end of the day, and then just go to the bar all night. No one cares. Yeah, that would be fine. Okay, so... Another amazing thing right here is the daughter, right? Okay. And so, the daughter... Just sort of like, he hears this whole story, and he thinks about it. And she's like, these people are stepping in our business. And that is unacceptable. I will That's never right. forgive them. Yeah, she's It's not awesome. like you have messed with my dad or like, oh no, you made these people like break our front windows. It's like, no, you're stepping in our business and I got to make money. So you better back off. So she just leaves, right? She is going to go and hunt these people down herself yeah. to make sure that no one stands between her family and that sweet, sweet money. And so she goes and she finds another spot where we see the same thing. We see the tofu sellers, like, running around in circles, getting people drunk. This time it's not, like, people coming home from work like men who are talking about quitting their jobs. This time it's a bunch of adult women who are talking about, like, kicking their (laughs) husbands and children out of the house because they hate them and they just want to sit around and drink all day. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, they do. They just like, and they're, they're wandering around. And then so, so Kazu shows up. Is that what it is? Kazu just shows up? Well, Kazu shows up in a second because he chases after her, but she walks up and confronts the, the guys on the bicycles saying like, Hey, you're stepping into my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cut it out. And then and it turns so out they, they are. they start to do the thing where they ride the bikes around her. And for a second, I really thought we were going to see a drunk little girl. <laughs> we but do that's not. when Kazu shows up, jumps in the middle, saves her. And it turns out, surprise, surprise, that those four dudes are Kotopotoros. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And so Kazu starts to fight them. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. He's doing drunken style. Tofu Hermit shows up. And this is actually, I felt like a big dope because it's, it's all in caps. I think maybe to remind myself what a dope I felt like is it just says, oh, drunken style and he's drunk. Like I did not put together that the drunken, <laughs> that the tofu guy was doing drunken style and he's getting everybody drunk. Okay, so uh, Kazu doesn't have to do this alone. Uh, Shoji and Daigo have shown up to help him fight. Kind of out of nowhere. Like, it's really yeah. weird. Like, they're in the like, middle of a fight. He didn't call them at then, any point. But hey, like you said earlier, like, the die, the die Rangers are finally getting their acts together. Right. Like, they're fighting dudes without having seen them murder people first. They're showing up to help without being, like, having to get hauled away from the, some date they were on or having to, like, finish their ice cream. <laughs> right. So, maybe maybe Kazu, like, radios them first. He's like, here's where I am. Get here as soon as you can. So they show up, and they're starting to get more competent, but what immediately <laughs> happens is that the Topher Hermit, who is not in his monster form right now, is in his Charlie Chaplin form, he pulls out his brass horn, he blows it towards them, like a spray of sake comes out of the horn... They try to fight it for a second, and then they just get completely drunk. And they're, like, rolling around on the ground laughing. Yeah. They get wrecked in, like, three seconds. And, okay, here's something I wanted to mention about this, is that they get super drunk, but then they don't want to fight. And, like, the Topher Hermit is really lucky that it turns out that Daigo and, Daigo and Shoji are, like, happy drunks. Just real relaxed Because if those guys were, like, angry, violent drunks... Could have gone like way differently. Yeah, way differently. Like this episode could have been over immediately. <laughs> but they are. They're very happy drunks. Yeah, they're happy drunks and so he he basically just bugs out. He's like I'm gone. Right? I don't think it's really anything that's happening that happens after that. Yeah, they leave and um Kazu gets the other rangers back to murder basement. So that's really all that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a fight. He teleports away, and then we cut to murder basement, where Kazu has brought Shoji and Daigo back. And Kaku is very disappointed in them. Yeah, they're still wrecked. Like, they're still real drunk. And the next couple of times we see these guys, it's going to be them and uh, Ryu and Rin trying to sober them up by basically <laughs> like, doing, like, the Princess Bride thing, like, dunking them in cold water, forcing them to drink coffee, like, just, you know, trying like to torture these guys style. into sobriety. Yeah. Okay, so there is one thing I want to... Before we move past this, Matt, the only thing that I want to say is that uh, Kaku is sitting there. Like I said, he looks really disappointed. Or maybe you said that. But this is the line he says. He says, Kaku. Or no, he says, Kazu. You were defeated because you left a hole in your heart. That's all he says. I think I missed that. Yeah, that's all he says. Like, there's no advice. He's just yelling at Kazu because there's a hole left in his heart. And I really assumed that this was going to be like a lead-in. Like, you know, it's like Chekhov's hole in your heart. Like, he was going like to at realize... at some point in the third act, that hole has, needs to get filled. Exactly. Never happens. Like this, there's this one line from Kaku that we see. We have like a brief moment of insight into Kazu that he secretly has like a hole in his heart, uh, and that he is like hollow and empty inside. And we think that maybe it's going to be addressed and fixed. It's not ever, but we do know that about Kazu now. So, or at least we know that that is sad. what Kaku thinks about Kazu. Right. So sad I sometimes think way. that yeah. I sometimes think that uh, Kaku's advice is doled out the same way that the creators of this show design monsters. Just, like, throw it at the dartboard. Like, oh, see. see, what's your problem? Uh, I guess you have a hole in your heart? Sure, uh. let's go with that. That's as likely as anything. Right, and they just never reference it again. Uh, which is sort of a bummer to me. I really assumed that there was going to be some sort of... No, and as someone you know, who's seen the whole series, I do not remember that coming back to pl- that hole in his heart coming back <laughs> to plague Kazu at any point. Okay, so maybe Kaku's just off base here. But it's not even like a physiological thing. Like he doesn't have a heart murmur. No, this is just—it's very much, I think, implied to be like a metaphysical, you know, like a hole in your heart sort of thing. Uh, but that's it. End. End of. End of that scene. And then, so we jump to. Tofu Hermit, who is in, like, it's some sort of construction park. It's, like, where they're storing construct- construction goods. You know, like, those yeah, big, like... Yeah, particularly, like, big concrete, like, 
tubes. It's like uh, they're sewer pipes. It's like prefab sewer pipes or something. Um, but this is weird to me. Tofu Hermit himself made out of tofu, presumably, or, you know, he at least has an affinity for tofu. And then he is sitting in one of these tubes eating tofu. It's a tofu monster eating tofu. It's messed up. Some sort of weird tofu cannibal. Yeah. Yeah, that's strange. He should not should not do that. But Kazu finds him. Kazu finds him. And like he wants to fight. He's ready to go. And the tofu monster says Oh, oh no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, that's not what we're gonna do. Yeah, that's not how we solve our disputes. Yeah, you and me, we're not gonna fight. We are going to have a drinking contest. <laughs> And Kazu's like, no, we're just going to fight. And then the tofu hermit says, oh, no, we're having a drinking contest because if you don't, I'm going to kill that little girl. And you see he's got like the the tofu seller's daughter. She's like tied up underneath like a giant block of what is, I guess, supposed to be tofu. I think it's supposed to be tofu, but it's like the size of a car, basically. And Tofu Hermit says, normally tofu is soft, but Goma tofu is like hard as a rock. And he drops a chunk and it like breaks some cement stuff. And so we know that he's serious. And so Kazu reluctantly agrees to this drinking contest. Okay, now here is when the timeline of this show starts to get weird. It's because very we, strange. Because we're cutting back, I think at this point, I'm looking at my notes. This is when we cut back and see them trying to sober up Daigo and Shoji. Yeah. And then we cut back to the drinking contest. You are And correct. the Tofu Hermit has the Kotopodros, like, bring out these giant sake bowls. And then they pull out these jars of sake, and he says, ah, this is, like, basically ancient evil sake that has been fermenting for thousands of years and is 90% alcohol. <laughs> right, 180 proof sake. And so they bring it out to him. He, for whatever reason, agrees to drink first. Yeah, and I'm so not really he sure. Drinks what is what looks to be like a liter of sake. <laughs> it's a lot. It like just downs it all in one go and talks about how he can feel it down in his organs and it's so good. So we're coming up on Kazu's turn, but Kazu, he doesn't just say, like, all right, I'm ready for my turn. He turns to the tofu hermit and is like, is that all you can drink? That's not even enough to get me buzzed. Yeah. Like, this contest is stupid. Like, you can't like, hang, bud. Like, if that's all the sake that you have, like, you are not going to win because if I could drink, basically, I could drink everything that is on the table right now and be totally fine. <laughs> oh, there is one thing I want to point out is that while the Tofu Hermit is drinking, the Kotaro Potoro are just frat boying. They're just standing around him, like, chanting, like, little, doing a little dance and just chanting, like, drink, 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 drink. Yeah. Maybe, like, the Japanese version of that, but that's what they're doing okay so remember that in a second um so we go to kazu's turn and they bring him that same giant bowl of it's like a salad bowl it's not yeah it's 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 not a a reasonably sized thing yeah they fill a platter with sake and he starts to chug it down right and just downs the entire thing uh the demon is hugely impressed he's like whoa bro like I know that we are enemies, but, but that, was, that cool. was incredible. Yeah, he's like, bro, bro, it's awesome. I do respect you, bro. I do respect you. I respect you, bro. Like, but uh, That's basically, this is a bro fight is what it is. Yeah, it's just like drinking and punching. It's great. Um, <laughs> and so Kazu drinks all this sake down, but it turns out he was bluffing earlier. Um, he is totally drunk, and he basically just falls over. Yeah. Uh, the, and then Tofu Hermit is like, ha, I knew you weren't that tough. And he like summons, it looks, I guess it's supposed to be like a giant tofu cutting knife. It looks like a big cleaver. And he rolls over to Kazu, who is on the ground. And he's just like, here we go. And he goes to chop Kazu. But, but Kazu turns out was double bluffing because he's not drunk at all. He catches the sword as it's about to hit his head throws the tofu hermit back and stands up like, aha, gotcha. gotcha. And then the tofu hermit is like, Kotaro Potoro, attack. And then two of the Kotaro Potoro start attacking the other Kotaro Potoro. And we're like, what is happening? 
And it turns out what is happening is that those two guys... No, wait, Matt. Matt, Matt. Let me pause you for just a second. This is where it is important to remember the timeline. Because when this started, like when this drinking contest started, Kazu, or not Kazu, Daigo and Shoji were in Murder Basement HQ getting sobered up. Just remember right. that. Still completely drunk. Completely having forced down their throats. Yeah. Right? So at this moment, now we can jump back. And now we discover that these two Kodoro Potoros are, in fact, you've probably guessed by now, <laughs> right. Shoji and Daigo. Who appeared like appeared in the apparently in the middle of the scene, got Kodoro Potoro costumes, somehow conferred with Kazu to make this plan, gave him water instead of sake, and knew to start chanting drink, drink, drink with the other guys so as to not blow their cover. Yeah. I don't, dude, I don't even know. But here they are, and hey, then... It's chi magic. <laughs> dude, I, Kiryoku magic, Matt. Kiryoku magic. I apologize. Yeah, as well you should. And... <laughs> So, sorry. And so, um, Tofu Hermit is like, what's going on? This is insane. And then they, like, tear their Kodoro Potoro costumes off, and it's the three guys. And they say, aha, we got you. And the only reason we were able to get you, and here it is again, is because you were drunk during the daytime. (laughs) During the daytime. It's like, as though, anyways... And so Tofu Hermit is just like, all right, well, you cheated at our game that you agreed to, so I'm dropping cement on that, well, Goma Tofu, on that little girl. Which he does, and it looks like it hits her, but it turns out that Ryu and uh, Rin were behind her. And, like, Rin has the little girl, and Ryu has cut the block of, like, cement-style tofu in half, I guess. But anyway, which, for whatever reason, is able to make enough space for it to not crush the girl, which is really the the takeaway here. That's the point, yeah, is that the girl is fine, and that the other rangers are here, and then Kazu Aura changes. They do the then, whole, you know, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. We get another really great moment where the Goma, uh, sort of holding up our theory from a previous episode, uh-huh. is like, oh, you're acting so cool! He does! He's like, you guys! Oh, man! I'm a studio. Want to fight you, bro? I respect you. Respect you, bro. Don't you <laughs> Much fight. respect. It was, was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, bro. We got to fight, and then they fight. So they fight. The other four die rangers start fighting the Kotoputeros. Yeah, um, they're honestly. Kazu they're sort of... goes to fight with the Tofu Hermit. Yeah, the other rangers really are kind of largely absent in this fight. It's really. He says it's Kirin Sen, so maybe that is like another name for like a variant of like drunken style kung fu but it is clearly like drunken kung fu on drunken kung fu is is the point yeah i didn't actually bother to look any of that stuff up but based on context clues that's what i'm figuring yeah so they're pretty evenly matched until the tofu hermit pulls out his sword and starts wailing on kazu and just like you know the sort of power ranger hit where like you get hit and sparks fly and then things explode and you fly backwards right yeah uh he recovers pretty quickly and then pulls out his, like, special chain weapon, and also a jug of sake. Yeah. I'm not really sure where the sake comes from, but... Kiryoku magic, dude. Pulls it out of fifth dimensional space. Who cares? But he does. He has it. So, and he, like... Uh, I don't even see the chain weapon. I really th- I think it's just, like, the gourd, the drinking gourd on, like, a rope. So he's swinging the rope around at the Tofu Hermit. And every time it hits the Tofu Hermit, he has to grab it and take a drink. And this, like, I'm thinking of, do you remember with the Key Clown when Daigo made the door? That, like, he could have just walked around, but he felt compelled to put the key in and then oh, the door exploded. Oh, yeah, and then it explodes. I feel it's, like, the, the same thing. Like, this guy cannot not drink if it's in his hand. And so all Kazu does is he just keeps throwing this gourd at him until he gets completely wrecked. So what you're saying is that Kazu is basically fighting the Tofu Hermit using the power of the Tofu Hermit's crippling alcoholism is that where you're yeah. going with this yeah he has recognized like a real like real, a real serious problem tofu hermit your your love of sake has affected the die rangers in the following ways and so yeah and so he did basically his technique and they give it like a big long name as though it's like a special technique 
Kazu's special technique is basically like get your opponent real wrecked and then punch him when he can't defend himself. Uh, Dave, it is called the two day hangover headache fist. That, you know what? I actually had that written down because it was such a fantastic name. But I thought the two day hangover headache fist was like an attack that he used once. Is that the whole thing? I thought it was just like once the dude was drunk, then you hit him with the two day hangover headache fist. Is the whole technique. I mean, I really guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's sort of all of one, you know, cut of one cloth. Dude. But in any case, he gets the dude super drunk and then just punches him in the head a lot. (laughs) Just like a whole bunch. And he actually gets like, he they call it like true fist punch or something. It's basically uh, Kazu gets like Hulk fists, like yellow energy Hulk fists on his hands and like punches, punches the thing. I, dude, we may have discussed this before, Matt. I cannot get enough of special technique names. I love them. Like Especially the, the ones that are this specific. The more ridiculous and like over the top, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I think in many ways uh, that is the main factor of my love for the Exalted role-playing game. Is that everything in Exalted, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, like by its own admission, it is very inspired by sort of like anime stuff. At least, like, stylistically in many ways. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, there's a lot of, like, all the names are, like, super ridiculous and over the top. And you are encouraged to, as part of the game, to, like, come up with your own crazy, uh, crazy type techniques like with different names for techniques yeah, and I don't you get big... some sort of bonus to your attack rolls if you give it a crazy name <laughs> you do actually uh the exalted system contains something called the stunt system where basically if you describe what you did in a really cool way you get a bonus like you get a statistic like a die bonus yeah so it's actually this enormous part of the game uh, naming all your stuff and like every you can create like special techniques and all your weapons have cool names and all of this stuff. So Kazu throw it you know very much in this vein two day hangover headache fest, which I think is a great name, and uh, and he nails the tofu hermit with it. He hits tofu hermit with two day hangover headache fist. Hangover uh, and he goes down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, a, a drunk sack of potatoes. Drunk sack of potatoes. But that's not the end. That's not the end of Tofu Hermit. Surprise, surprise. No, no, no. You'll never guess he, what happens uh, next. You'll never... Never guess. He uh, he has an enlarging bomb. If you guessed enlarging bomb, you were correct. So he uses it, and he's like, Ha! I totally wore out. I'm not drunk anymore. I'm ready to fight. And so the Die Rangers, uh, you know, they summon Dyrano, or they summon their individual Kaiden beasts, and then they combine and form Dyrano. But yeah, I mean, basically they summon Dyrano. The, there is yeah, a brief step be in between where things show up individually, but I think that's just so they don't have to animate a new thing. Like they're just getting Dyrano. But but this is actually the first time since Dyrano has appeared that we have seen Dyrano not just like like wreck shop like. Yeah, Tofu Hermit gives them a run for their money for a minute there. He actually manages to get their sword away from them. Well, he uh, dodges. Uh, he, like, drunk, drunken kung fu dodges out of the way of their, like, big attack. And he, like, he manages to, yeah, he, like, smacks them and they drop the sword and he catches it. And he's actually attacking them with their own sword. But it turns out that that is a terrible idea. Terrible because that idea. sword is booby-trapped. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a- that one scene in Blade where he gets the katana. And then Donal Logue's hand gets cut off. Oh, I was going to go with uh, a Green Lantern ring, that even if you take it away from the assigned lantern, that they can still use it. But that's yours is actually better, because it's specifically sword-related. And also, if we're just going based on the movie, that Green Lantern movie was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to see it, and then I didn't, because you told me it was so terrible. Uh, Although Blade is a great movie. Okay, like, you know, for like a given quantity of great. I guess. Sure. Blade 2 was great. Yeah. Not like, not like Oscar style great, but great, like popcorn great. You know what I mean? Um, although, have <laughs> you ever heard, I'm, you probably have. Have you ever heard Patton Oswalt talk about what it was like to be in the Blade movie? 
Like in Blade 3? Yes, I have. Dude. And just sort of how insane Wesley Snipes was. I, dude, I could listen to Patton Oswalt talk all day about... The, I, I just want there to be a comedy special with Patton Oswalt where it's just like tales from the set of Blade and he's just talking about the insanity. Uh, look it up if you haven't seen it. Also, just look up anything with Patton Oswalt because he's hilarious. He's a funny man. He's a dude. Huge fan. Huge fan of Patton Oswalt. Lost my mind when he showed up in S.H.I.E.L.D., but I feel like this is getting away from us. But they do... Okay, so they... The sword, Dairano's sword is booby-trapped, and uh, Kazu, like, activates it, and it's, what is it? It's, like, electrified, I think, right? They just described it as, like, a giant energy discharge, but yeah, it just blasts the crap out of uh, the tofu hermit, Um, so the sword flies out of his hand, and conveniently, back to the hand of Dairano. Who drops, what's uh, the name of their big, like, cherry blossom cutting technique, whatever it's called? Whatever it is, that's oh, what they man. do. Oh, man. I don't know. Whatever that big thing they do that kills all the monsters, that's the thing that they do. That kills the monster. One of these days, we're 12 episodes in. At some point, you think I would have written down what that thing's called, but I just, I want uh, them but to I never did. So... I want there to be like a new special technique, you know? Like, I just feel like that's kind of, but with it, that's neither here nor there. So the, so Tofu Hermit goes down, and that's kind of the end of the scene. Cut to a new scene. Tofu Dad. Oh, this is this sort of epilogue yeah. scene. This is the this is the end. It's Tofu Dad. He's selling tofu. The Rangers are there. Like they've all got horns, and everybody's like, "Tofu, business is booming." So I'm not really sure what ha- like what happens to change. Like if we are meant to believe that the tofu hermit himself was somehow negatively impacting business, or maybe the dude just kind of gets his recipe straight and now he's making good tofu. We have no idea. It's they never talk about it, but business is booming. The Die Rangers are there. They're helping out. They're selling tofu. Everybody Except for actually, Kazu, who's yeah. just sitting in his car, yeah, to- eating tofu right. like a Ka- jerk. <laughs> Kazu is not helping at all. And they actually come over. So they go over and they hassle him. They're like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, come help us sell tofu. He's like, I would, guys, but this tofu is so delicious. And then they're just like... Kazu, and that's kind of the end of it. And then they blow their horns in his ear, and he shouts, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So, that is episode 12. Uh, Dave, what were your uh, favorite moments? Okay. Okay, I, I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm taking two-day hangover headache fest. It was brilliant. It was great. Uh, I was glad that we actually got to see Kazu do some, like, Sort of real-ish looking drunken boxing. I feel like all four, like all five of the Rangers have like a special like kung fu style, but more often than not, like we don't actually get to see it. We just see them doing sort of generic kung fu. But whenever it's their special episode and it comes up and it's like a story point, we actually get to see them do their fancy stuff. So this time we actually got to see some drunken boxing, and I love that, drunken boxing. I, I for sure, like for a moment, because in the very, very beginning of the episode, I don't know if we actually mentioned this, but you see Kazu at work, and he's actually cutting hair, and he's like talking to a client, and he's like, hey, how does this look? For just a second, I thought you were about to say that you're happy you got to see Kazu doing some real hair cutting. <laughs> I was a little bit, although I'm trying to remember, because doesn't he get interrupted in the middle of that to get like his lunch delivery to eat some tofu well i got the impression that it was sort of like he was done and was like hey what do you think and then he stops and eats lunch so i don't think that's a very kind way to think of it yeah for once kazu doesn't ditch out in the middle of a stylist appointment so yeah that's my my that was my favorite moment definitely i think those were both great moments any uh any worst parts Ooh, worst parts I don't know, man. Yeah. It was a pretty hilarious episode. It was good stuff. Oh, other. I'm actually, you know what? In lieu of that, I'm going to do another high point. Uh, I really liked when all the drunk moms were like, we're kicking everybody out of the house. It's mom time now. I thought that was great. Mom time. <laughs> mom time. Uh, my low point, which. Pinot Noir. <laughs> Just sweatpants and white wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was a good one. Um, my low point, which is actually, it was, it delighted me, but it just didn't make any sense at all, was the timeline in the other, in the second half of the episode, like, where Daigo and Shoji were at the same time, like, super drunk and in an ice cold tub, and also 
on the scene beating up Kotopotoros and taking their clothes. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense unless that happened, like, directly upstairs from the murder basement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else to talk about here? <laughs> no, are we man. done? No, man. I'm good. Okay. That's going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. Actually, we've gotten an email. Um, I think it's the first time anyone has actually used that email for anything. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really appreciated it. Uh, somebody who listened to the show wrote in and said that they were enjoying it. So if you also feel that way, let us know. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter. We are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars, and we are greedy for stars. So just give them to us, please. Please. I mean, we'll we'll continue to do the show otherwise. I'm not going to like hold something hostage without stars, but it would seriously, be great. you've you've just you've just been an hour and a half with us or about an hour with us for the 12th time. Like what are you doing? You can't spend another 2 seconds to give us some stars. Seems <laughs> uh, maybe unnecessarily confrontational. Listen. <laughs> these people have been getting a free ride for too long, Dave. Too long. It's time you kids. It's time we get something back. (laughs) All right, Matt. So anyway, do what you want. Live your life. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your free time. But if you if you would like to give us five stars, uh, it helps people find the show. Um, Once again, thank you for listening to the Super Sentai Brothers. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. (laughs)